Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. Today I have a very special guest. It is a new book. And I'm very excited because I have heard about Alea for a long time through Jean Adrian's. Of course, everyone knows Jean Adrian on this show because we do a lot of shows and we have our own show and we've got a support group. So we're doing a lot of work together. So I'm very excited to have Alea Dow on the show. Her new book is called Seven Cups of Consciousness, Change Your Life by Connecting to the Higher Realms. Now, I have to say that I, you know, I consider myself pretty awake and aware, you know, in most cases, not all the time, but in most cases. But I really, I really learned something. And I've heard Jean talk about the body, David, we're going to get to that a little bit later. But it, it is really something that made a lot of sense once I heard it. It made a lot of sense recently on a passing that I was part of. And um, it just, I was Anyway, I'm very excited to talk to you because I think this is going to be a great show. We are, we're going to just like dive into your book. I thought we would look at some of the definitions. Now, obviously your first chapter, which is you live in a multidimensional realm or reality, um, we talk about the different definitions of everything that's there. So let's talk about, without going to chapter five, but let's talk about the higher self and our team. And I know that at one point you referred to us as a soul rider. So I wanted to talk about, you know, the different definitions that you bring up and what they mean to you. So welcome, Alea. Thank, thank you so much. And it's great to be on your show. And I think the very first piece or concept to ponder and think about is the idea that we live in a multidimensional world that the physical realm is literally just one floor of this building. And the book really talks about how to access the resources that are available to you on these other floors, other dimensions, other realms. Right. So looking at your definitions of what's your higher self? Your higher self is that energetic part of you. It is your super self. It's you on a penthouse floor. It is you sitting on a cloud. However you want to imagine this other vibrational energetic aspect of you. And when you get very clear that and, and aware that you do have this energy self that I call the higher self, and you start asking your energy self to activate very particular vibrations, release specific challenges, um, clear chords, clear issues that are not yours, amazing things start to happen in your life. And whenever we are making these requests of our energy self, we have to bring ourselves into what I call the divine line. It's a river of light that flows within us. It's actually right on the front of the spine. You could kind of think of like your inner crystal elevator. And as you hold your awareness in this inner river of light, using your breath to pull yourself in there, you're then able to make the request for your higher self to use your energy fields to follow through and do very specific um, inner work, spiritual work, accessing higher states of consciousness. Right. Okay. And what's our team? Your team are beings that encircle you in another dimension. 
As a child, you might have remembered that you had imaginary friends. Well, they're still around you, and they actually hold a similar level of consciousness. They can buffer energy for you when you're conscious that they are there. You can also ask them to hold very particular vibrations inside themselves that would then positively, energetically impact you. Your guides, on the other hand, they come and go depending on what you need in your life. So when you start tapping in to your team, acknowledging them, inviting them to acknowledge themselves, you stop feeling so alone in the world. Okay. And is that different from a healing team or is that considered, because I work with someone else who, you know, refers to a healing team. Um, is that any different or is that pretty much the same thing? From my perspective, and everybody's going to have their own spin of what they sense, but I think of your healing team actually as part of your guides, whereas your team are with you 24-7. Now, they might have information about healing, but if you have a particular livelihood or if you're a counselor or a therapist, you actually might have a separate um, additional group that we would call guides that would help you with your healing work. Okay. And... All right. So I'm pretty familiar with the divine cosmic loop, but why don't you discuss it? Because I think that's, that's an interesting um, thing for people to want to um, connect with. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, just this last weekend, I did a deep dive intensive retreat. And we were really exploring that divine cosmic loop. But the very first, um, there's several aspects of this divine cosmic loop that we want to take into awareness, our divine line river of light that flows in the body on the front of the spine is part of that divine cosmic loop. If you imagine traveling, you take a deep breath in and you pull yourself into this inner river of light. And then you travel out the top of your head and you keep going up, 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 up past your higher self and you keep going up. And then eventually you are going to hit a little spark in the heart of source. It's like your God self, your God spark. And when you connect with your divine spark in the heart of source and recognize that that spark is actually creating light, it is reflecting, it is creating the divine line. This divine line goes all the way down through the top of the head, down the front of the spine, out the base chakra, into the heart of earth. It loops back all the way up behind you, and it goes back up to that divine spark. It actually creates the flower of life. There's like multiple loops that are created from the divine spark, but the first loop is connecting in with that line that that spark creates and loops. And then you start running your energy through this divine spark, recognizing that actually the divine spark is the only thing that we need to be attached to. The only thing that we really, really need to love, because in that spark, we are connected to everyone and everything. We have access to all of the resources in the universe. It's a very powerful meditation to, um, to do. Right. <clears throat> Right. Okay. And now I do a lot of work with the divine spark within our heart. So I'm guessing that because when you can go into that one within your heart, that connects to all the other dimensions and realities. And it's kind of a, I think, I don't know that it's slightly different. It would be connecting your divine spark within your heart to the divine spark within source. And that would create the same yeah, if we get really esoteric, right, yeah. there's like everything is right here in the mustard exactly. seed. <laughs> so, exactly. um, so that divine spark in the heart of in your heart is actually a reflection of that divine spark in the heart of source. Right. Perfect. Yeah. 
Well, that's beautiful validation. Yes. <laughs> and you talk about, I like this. You talk about shifting our energetic blueprints and that's something that we can all do because we all came with specific issues and, and things that we wanted to work on in this life and changing the blueprint, whether we've, you know, some things I think we, we tend to repeat over and over and over again. And so having that ability to, to actually shift them is pretty powerful. It is. And if you recognize that our life is literally a reflection of the energy that we're holding in the higher realms. And so if you imagine on a higher floor, having like a blueprint for your finances, your relationships, the ways in which you are creative, and you start inviting your energy self, higher self to infuse very particular vibrations into those blueprints for those aspects of your life, that's what starts to get reflected into this physical realm. But we need to also do it in our inner rivers of light. There's a the third concept with those seven cups of consciousness is that your inner world creates your outer world. So what you connect with internally is reflected externally. What you connect with in the higher realms is also reflected into the physical plane. So if I want more connection in my intimate relationships, I would then hold that vibration of connection to a greater degree in the inner river of light and in the higher realms and in that blueprint for the intimate relationships. With your finances, if you wanted more support with your finances, more flow and more abundance, you would activate those same qualities, flow, abundance, support in your divine line river of light and at the level of your higher self, and within those blueprints in the higher planes, so that it all starts being reflected into the physical one. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty empowering when you think about, you know, we can actually do this work and we can, and it's not really all that difficult. I mean, I think hmm, we hold on to things and we, you know, we hold on to, I guess, what we believe is... Hmm, comfortable or uncomfortable. Or mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think what you're speaking to is that we start to identify ourselves as our belief systems or our behaviors or our consciousness. But when we think about our journey, literally like climbing a mountain, our belief systems are kind of like the gear we are wearing at different altitudes on the mountain. And as we evolve, our gear changes, our belief systems change. And so if I'm a soul who's not very aware of my divine spark, my divine connection, and I'm wearing sneakers and a light sweater at 3,000 feet, I'm going to have very particular belief systems. But then as I evolve, I'm going to then wear hiking boots and a parka, and then I'm going to have a very different set of perceptions, belief systems, and behavior. So the less we identify ourselves with our behavior, our belief systems, our lineage, and more with the divine line, river of light, I am just a beam of light expressing myself from source, the more flexible we get as we change, as our personality evolves into our true essence. Right. And, you know, one of the things I just want to mention to everyone who's listening, one of the beautiful things about getting Alea's book, Seven Cups of Consciousness, is that you can also download um, 12 audio meditations that will assist you with each of the different cups to allow you to get, 
you know, clearer and to work through some of the issues that you choose to work through. And, you know, it's really lovely how, um, how media has allowed us the opportunity to, um, source so many different ways to connect because we all have a uniqueness and we're all, you know, different. Sometimes people need to read. Sometimes people need to hear. And yeah. it's lovely having your voice, obviously, to assist us in the process. So it, it is quite wonderful and to, you know, to be able to um, work through some of these issues rather um, easily. Yes. You efficiently. Know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's part of the process, right? Let's yeah. not make this so difficult. Let's, you know, let's remember that we're here to have fun and to enjoy life. Absolutely. And it's really about using tools. For me, I, I really want things to be efficient and work. And in 2001, I had enlight- an enlightenment experience and I had, um, it was literally like getting x-ray glasses and the awareness of these other dimensions and beings and feeling other people's feelings and having all of this sensitivity and then really needing tools to help me work through this, um, this high level of sensitivity. And then also with that heightened inner awareness and outer awareness, I was very aware of all of my issues of like, ooh, I'm really controlling or ooh, look, I'm looking for perfection externally. And because of that high level of sensitivity, I was literally forced to figure out ways to shift my inner world for greater states of peace because I, I knew that I could hold a – deep inside I had peace. But then there would all be all these things that would surface and I would um, spend days pondering how to use the energy fields, the higher self, to clear these pieces until – I eventually developed these seven cups and protocols, which are like prayers that use the higher self and the energy fields to clear these big, uncomfortable energies and activate them into the vibration of what our soul is truly intending on mastering. And then I essentially tested these seven concepts in the field on myself with my clients for the last decade to make sure that they actually do work and then refining them to figure out what works what doesn't work, and how can it work even more efficiently. Right. And that's what you've done. I mean, it's it's really quite uh, beautiful how it's all laid out. And I love that you, you know, took the time so that you, you know, I think a lot of people out there, you know, don't always walk their talk. And um, it's great that you do. It's great your stories in the book to um, highlight you know, the different areas, like I I really appreciated the one that you had about lack and how, you know, it may not have gone away, but your fear around it did. And then eventually it did because you started working at deeper and deeper levels of, you know, this lack consciousness that so many people have. And there's so much fear around finances. Money has so much fear around it. I work with um, a few clients that are in, you know, the banking industry and, it's it's amazing how much, you know, their livelihood and life depends on, you know, the decisions that they make, the choices that they make, and how mm-hmm. much fear that's not theirs, that is all, all the way around them and, you know, just radiating and in them because it's so much part of the collective unconsciousness. There's no one area that is greater, has greater fear than the financial industry. That and then also illness, right? So sure. the, our body health. I think that there people get really triggered around that um, as well because if we 
you know, a lot of the times, if you have a ton of money and you're not well, you'd give anything to be well. Um, so there's this body, Dave, and nature spirit that we have that also is actually our primary support. And so when we have that healthy, connected relationship with the body, then we actually start to experience more support in our world in all areas of our life. Right. Let's talk about that. I know that that's chapter five, but let's talk about the body, David, because that is the one area that it made so much sense while I was reading it. And I'd heard, as I said, I had heard Jean talk about it, but I didn't really understand it because she hadn't really explained it. So let's talk about that a little bit because it's so fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. The fifth concept of the seven cups is the idea that your body is literally a nature, spirit, sprite, consciousness from earth, that we are riding in the bodies, kind of like you're riding a horse or you're driving a car. And the, um, the piece that at first is like, what? Really? But then when you start tapping into it, it's like, wow, that totally makes sense. When we recognize that the body has a completely different separate consciousness from us, the soul rider. So it's almost like two operating systems happening in the same housing. You've got a Mac and a PC, and sometimes they're in um, a collaborative relationship, and sometimes they're co-creative, and sometimes codependent, and sometimes in conflict. And so when we start recognizing our body deva, nature spirit, and that it too has an energy self and energy fields, it has its own unique consciousness, and we as souls recognize our individual consciousness as a beam of light then we're able to hold a space for our body to recognize its own consciousness. If we, the soul rider, are not awake, we are asleep at the saddle, our body is going to be on default autopilot survival program. And it does a really good job. And then when the soul actually awakens that it to, to the realization that I am a divine spark expressing myself as a line of light, then the body starts to operate at, at a more conscious level. And it starts then its own process of evolution as we are modeling our process of evolution to our body, Deva. It does make me laugh a little bit because, you know, I get so many questions as to, you know, how do you how do you trust your intuition? <laughs> it's like, oh, dear, now we've got a whole new level of intuition. That people are going to have so many problems with. We have the soul <laughs> intuition, we have the body intuition, then we have um, our guides intuition, Absolutely. their insights, <laughs> and our team. Yes. So that's going to confuse a lot of people because they're, you know, as it is, they don't know that they get their whole intuition thing. And now we're gonna add well, to it. what we can do is we can start off with you have an energy self, it's like you on a cloud and some part of you has a wider perspective and a deep inner wisdom. Start listening to that. Just having the awareness that there's that. Then once the writer is f- firmly anchored in their inner river of light, tapping into their own wisdom, intuition, then they'll be able to hold a space for their body. Now, sometimes, oh, actually a lot of the time, the body's intuition is online more than the soul's. Mm. Because the body has to make sure that it survives in this environment. That is its programming. And so when we feel, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Something in my tummy is just telling me this, uh-uh, don't go there. Or my heart starts to flutter and I'm this does not feel right. That's your body's intuition. So when you get a body sense, really listen to that horse vehicle nature spirit that you're riding in because it's tapped into this environment and it can energetically feel what's coming down the pike. 
Right. And I mean, it's, it was interesting that you wrote that, you know, your body, David, and I'm assuming that this is with everybody, although I'm not exactly sure that you choose or the, or the body, David chooses your soul each life. From my perspective, yes. Now, I haven't been, you know, in the lab, so to speak, with right. this because we don't have the scientific material or um, equipment to test and prove these concepts. But from my own personal experience and then what I've witnessed with my clients is um, over the last decade is that the nature spirit that we're riding in changes form. And it's kind of like we get the same nature spirit every time we come to planet Earth, and it helps us in our growth and evolution. It has memory of previous incarnations. And maybe in a previous incarnation before I was riding in a human body, me and my body, Deva, were a lion. So my body was a lion, and I was riding in the lion. And when we start to remember all of our incarnations and all of the forms that we've been in with this nature spirit, we start to um, really tap into a much deeper wisdom for our nature spirit. The nature spirit taps into its own wisdom, and then our soul starts tapping into another deeper well of wisdom. That was going to be one of my questions about whether our animals also had a body deva as well as a... So you already answered that one by your... your <laughs> your example. Yeah, uh, I do think that animals have a channel. And sometimes the channels have riders. And sometimes they're just pure nature spirits. Mm. Um, when I first got my dog, he was a rescue. There was a little channel and I could feel this tiny little presence of another soul in the nature spirit dog. Um, but not much of one. And then over about two to three years, I felt and sensed this soul that had a potential contract to ride in the dog body come more and more and more in, and now he's firmly anchored. And so, again, there's a nature spirit, and then there's the soul riding in the nature spirit dog body. Fascinating. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. And I would imagine that happens often or that as – as an animal is more is with somebody who's more evolved that that may allow um, their their soul energy to come through more. I, it's interesting because I've experienced that with my own um, pets as well. So um, yeah, interesting. yeah. Awareness blooms consciousness. If we don't have awareness, we're not holding that that presence. Then it's just sort of the the basic blueprint. And so when we start thinking about, well, I want to connect more with my essence. Okay, we'll hold more of your awareness in that inner river of light. Or I want my pet to really awaken. We'll hold more awareness on that nature spirit consciousness and the soul riding in the nature spirit. I want my body to awaken more. Oh, invite your body to hold more of its awareness in its inner river of light that flows through the spine. So even with quantum physics, they have witnessed that awareness changes the vibration of the molecules, subatomic levels, and so um, within the subatomic particles. So when we start shifting our awareness, magical things start to bloom. <laughs> no, it's true. It's it's. It's just an interesting concept because I'd never heard anybody explain it like this. And it makes a lot of sense to me. It's just, I'm just amazed that over the entire time, 
I've never heard anybody talk about the body this way. Um, I, you know, there's body talk, which is an interesting, but, it, and, it, and probably very similar. It's allowing your body to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, this is a unique way of looking at this that, as I say, makes a huge amount of sense to me. Um, and yep, just, it's, yeah. it's already out there, but I'm just being really direct. Right. <laughs> like we already talk about it like, oh, my body doesn't like that right. or, um, but we over identify with our body. So I think the difference with the seven cups of consciousness is that all of these seven concepts are in our society. They're in our culture. They're in our religions. But I've basically just stripped them down to the bare essentials and super, super direct. I even talk about in the book, the idea that in Christianity, they say there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We call that the sacred trinity. And I've gotten even more direct, and I call it your higher self, body Davis higher self, or your your soul, your body, and your team. That makes up the sacred trinity. So a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, we had to be indirect because people were still in a place of not wanting to take personal responsibility for their reality. They were still creating the external God that was controlling and judging and the gods that were angry at them for not being, you know, good beings. And so as our, our evolution, our consciousness has evolved, we are now ready and willing, some of us, to take personal responsibility for the reality that we create, recognizing that we are the God self, and then we don't give our power away. And then we're able to handle that more direct truth. Yeah. 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 So... It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of freaks some people out, and there's a little heresy involved, and... Fortunately, I live in California and I'm not going to be burned at the stake anytime soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, you know, there's always going to be heresy, unfortunately, in this um, dogmatic world of that we live in. However, Yeah, yeah. and people, you know, I mean, of course, people are going to have certain belief systems because that's where they are on the mountain. And it's not good or bad. Um, when I kind of think about people in the world who are in a place of fear, suffering, war, hatred, well, if we took all judgment off and just recognize that those are souls super, super determined to master inner empowerment, inner abundance, self-love, but they're actually using the opposite behavior to master it because the opposite behavior is very uncomfortable and acts as a inefficient, painful, but effective wake-up mechanism. So the more pain I'm in, the faster the soul is going to wake up to a more coherent way of being because eventually they're going to get to their, I can't take it anymore, I have to do something different. If it's not uncomfortable, then they're not going to change. Right. And so when we witness people who are in the deepest, thickest, most challenging moments of suffering, and we hold compassion and we model the solution, and we recognize that they have to collect enough of these moments to flip themselves into the vibration of what their soul is truly intending on mastering by practicing it, then we start to see really beautiful changes in the world. And 
I actually have a what I call a higher dimensional campaign with the angelic realm because it's much easier to rally angels and humans. And I'm inviting the angelic realm to model the solution to everyone that's in a place of self-hatred. And so imagine on a higher floor, millions and millions or billions of angels all holding a vibration of self-love. They are not attached or desiring anybody to be in a state of self-love. They are holding 100% attachment, being in that place of self-love, modeling that to the people in the physical dimension, to the body devas and to the souls riding in the bodies and to the teams. And then over time, we start being positively, dimensionally, empathically impacted by this angelic league of angels holding self-love. Now, if we started to do that campaign in the physical dimension on the peace days, right? So there's like the global peace day or the global light day, global love day. It would be each individual being 100% attached, desiring only for themselves to hold a vibration of love, not wanting it for another. Because the moment we want it for another, we drop our energy fields of coherence from 100% to zero. And so the next time we have that global peace day or that global love day, holding that deep in your core for yourself, modeling that in the world. Hmm. Yep, that would be very powerful. Mm -hmm. It's a nice way of looking at it. It's empowering. And then we also don't go into frustration, irritation, or impatience, or arrogance. Right. Judgment. Plus, when we're giving it away, we lose all of that power. So we're focusing on outside of us instead of inside of us. Absolutely. And then what we do is we start to take responsibility for other people being in a state of peace. And then we start empathically feeling their inner war. And then we start processing their karma. Right. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're not really of service. Right. And, you know, many of us being unaware don't even realize how much our energy has been, you know, given away and how much we've taken on of other people's. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that actually 70 to 80% of our challenges don't even belong to us. And in the book, I really talk about in that fourth cup and the seventh cup about holding your own. So the fourth concept, well, the first concept is you live in a multidimensional world. The second concept, you're never alone. You have guides, teams, and angels. The third cup, you can change your inner world. Fourth cup, you use your challenges to grow. Fifth cup, your body is a nature spirit. Sixth cup, you have soul gifts, wisdom, and mastery. Seventh cup, you're perfect. And so when you think about the idea of holding just the light within you, loving that light, so it's kind of like the seventh cup, cup, there's this inner river of light that flows within you that is absolutely perfect. You're only responsible for that, only attached to that. That's actually the only thing you can control. Then you're able to model the energy and we start to realize and recognize that 70 to 80% of our challenges do not even belong to us. And if we can only change our own issues, no one else's, what's really being asked for is that we return those issues back to their right and perfect place. We send the information that we do have, and then we model the solution. We hold our gifts, the six cup, on ourselves, and then we start being more supported, protected, empowered in energetic integrity as we stand in the world. 
Yeah. Woohoo. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and Lori, I apologize. I'm coming off of a deep dive right. where I've had three days of intense boom, boom, boom. So you're getting it all. <laughs> That's okay. Bring it on. <laughs> and I say that I'm lightly. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I can feel it's, it's, yeah, it's very powerful. It's it is. Powerful. It is. And, you know, if we, um, let me just talk a little bit about our challenges because we mm, yes, all absolutely. have them, you know, in our own unique way. And if we recognize that the challenge that we are immersed in is an opportunity for growth, think about one challenge you have that if you had a magic wand, you could flip, shift miraculously change into the solution and you just identify that challenge. Maybe it's lack, maybe it's abandonment, maybe it's fear, maybe it's self-hatred, maybe it's self-doubt, insecurity, whatever it might be, feeling alone. And now think about the opposite, the solution of that challenge. And when you identify the solution, the flip, so self-hatred, the flip, the solution would be self-love. Not respecting yourself, solution would be respecting yourself. Insecurity would be confidence, inner self-worth. Controlling everybody would be the ability to control yourself. Addictions would be a lack of control, again, coming back to the ability to control your, yourself. Lack, the opposite, solution would be abundance. So when you identify that your soul is determined to master a very particular vibration using this challenge, and we recognize what the solution is, and the bigger the challenge, the more determined we are, but instead of using our mind, our behavior, our physical dimension to change that challenge, we ask our higher self, energy self, to identify the challenge and begin flipping the challenge into the vibration of the spiritual lesson that we are determined to master. And so that protocol prayer would be, I invite my higher self to activate the vibration of the spiritual lesson, literally infusing all of those challenged nuggets into the activation of the spiritual lesson. And if there is a challenge that you've been working on for a really long time and it hasn't shifted, that means it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. You're stealing. Send it back. Send the appropriate energetic information. And, and this work is not done with the mind. It's like our soul, some deep inner wisdom knows the information. Our mind isn't going to know it. And then we start to really hold a much lighter, more empowered energy inside ourselves and start consciously practicing what we intend to master instead of the opposite. So that's the third and the fourth cup kind of combined. Right. And so in the book, I have the flip it chart section where you can determine what it is your soul is really attempting to master and then the specific energetic protocol and meditations um, to help you flip it. Mm -hmm. And I, I do like, you know, how you, you know, you lay it out in the third cup as well, because it's inner awareness plus inner attachment, plus personal responsibility, plus choice equals change. And that's, that's empowering as well to realize that, you know, it, the personal responsibility is a big one, because I think 
Um, I know that when I was younger, responsibility had a very negative connotation to it. And I think there's a lot of people that feel that same way. Um, so understanding responsibility is actually empowering. It's not, it's not something that feels heavy and weighted, but it probably feels heavy and weighted because it's not ours. It's, we kind of, um, we kind of hold a lot of, you know, the weight of the world on our shoulders sort of thing. Right. So absolutely. I remember after that enlightenment experience, my guides telling me that I was a unconscious energetic kleptomaniac octopus <laughs> <laughs> so I had like eight arms going out and grabbing responsibility for all these things were, weren't mine and so as soon as they told me that I was totally out of integrity biggest insult for me um I immediately started sending everybody's stuff back to them because the other piece with that is that when we take responsibility for something that isn't ours like I'm responsible for your happiness or I'm responsible for your growth and evolution. Well, first of all, how arrogant, right? And we're not really seeing the deep wisdom of that soul. And so it's very disempowering. And then it's disempowering for us because we're trying to work on something that's not ours and we can't shift it. It doesn't belong to us. And um, it really is a bit of a game changer. And I think that the core piece with personal responsibility, I love that you asked me about that and talking about it, is that the only thing that we're responsible for is the light that flows in our divine line, not even our body or our team, just the light that flows in the inner river. How easy is that? Like, oh, I have a beam of light and that's the only thing I have to connect to and love. And so when we start holding that as the primary stance, then we move and act appropriately. Then we stop being that unconscious kleptomaniac. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's much less, we have less overwhelm, less anxiety. Uh, we're able to model a coherent energy field. Um, and then it's really empowering to the people around us because the more aware we get, the more sensitive we get. And I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this of hanging out with people who are controlling mm-hmm. and how Never. icky <laughs> it feels. It's so unpleasant. Yeah. And then even feeling the judgment of somebody. It's like, ugh, I don't know if I really want to have lunch with them. I, I think I might pass. Um, and so we're all becoming more energetically sensitive. And that might be, too, why people are retreating but then they experience like a loneliness, right? It's like, I can feel everybody's stuff. And so I just would rather not hang out with anyone. But how can we get the social interaction that we do need and model the solution without being turned off by other people's behavior? Again, coming back to, I can only control and hold the energy that I want to model in the world in my inner river, and then invite your body and your team to do the same, that sacred trinity. And when all three of those energies are holding that coherent vibration, then manifestation starts to occur in the physical plane. A lot of people want to manifest particular things, but their body might be the only one holding it instead of you, your body, and your team. Right. I'm on a roll, Lori. You are. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Now, you've mentioned soul a couple of times and it felt like in different references, like you mentioned the soul as part of the body and you're sort of also talking about it. So is the soul, explain the soul. Yeah, I think of the soul 
as, well, your body has a soul too. So there's actually two souls. Okay. Got your body soul, which has an essence. And then you've got your soul, which is your essence. And I think of the essence as the light that flows in the divine line. Your body has a divine line too. Your team have divine lines. And they're in the same place? I mean, the team well, would be... No. sort of. I mean, it's <laughs> like an inch apart. So okay. the sole rider... So literally just imagine riding a horse. Mm-hmm. You're on your saddle. And you have a soul mm-hmm. as you ride the horse. And then your horse has its own soul. But when we're in the human form, we want to recognize that we have a line of light, river of light, tube, column of light, whatever you want to call it, literally in the body on the front of the spine. It travels all the way up and down the front of the spine. It goes out the top of the head, out the base chakra, creating that big loop, right? That big line. And when we imagine this column or tube channel of light flowing within us and we recognize the light flowing there, that is actually the our essence, And I think of the reflection of the light essence as the soul. So I use soul and essence interchangeably, but I think of the essence more as the core vibration of a being and then the reflection of that light as the soul. And so the body's going to have its divine line that runs through the spine. It's like the spinal cord. I was actually at uh, Duke University doing a master mediator course, and we were in the cadaver lab because we were studying neuroscience. And when we were in the cadaver lab, somebody, I had my gloved hands, and somebody handed me a uh, spinal cord. And so I'm standing there, and I'm like, all right, I'll hold the spinal cord. And um, I had put off the cadaver lab through college and massage school because I just so didn't want to go there. And then finally, the day came where I had to go to the cadaver lab. And as I'm holding the spinal cord, I hear my body say, that is where my divine line flows. And it was this physical, palpable experience of this activation that I felt in my body's divine line as she was showing me where her divine line runs. And then as I went deeper into that inner research and recognized that the body, David, the only thing that does not age in the physical human form is the spinal cord. And then I was asking my body why that was. And she said, well, that's where I hold all of my light. And so the more that we let the body infuse its light into its cells, organs, its glands, meridians, arms, legs, belly, not the front of the spine, not on your saddle. That's the one place your body won't be. That's where you ride. The slower the aging process. But the only way to get that to happen is for us, the soul rider, to pull all of our energy onto the front of the spine, off the arms, the legs, the belly, just onto that saddle on the front of the spine, and then invite the body to start infusing its light into itself. Wow. And that's a daily process. That's not like one protocol, you're yeah. done, and now your body won't age. Right. <laughs> that might take like five or 10 or 20 years. 
<laughs> or longer, depending right. on, you know, the level of evolution of you as a soul and your body deva. And also to recognize that your body deva is a few paces behind you. Usually the soul is, um, when you get to a certain point of awareness, the soul is a little more evolved than the body. Right. Which makes sense. We have sense. to be be patient and persistent and kind and compassionate teacher to the body deva. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Like it's it fun. It's, it's very- a journey and it's, and it's, it's kind of a never ending one when we're in the human form. And, um, there is another piece that's a little bit of a tangent, but I can kind of feel your listeners saying, someone out Absolutely. there saying, what's the point of being in this world? Um, and when I, I mean, I have memory of what it's like to be on the other side, to, to not be in a human body. And when we're on the other side, we are tapping into other realms and dimensions and consciousness, other planets, other forms. And there are things that we want to do. And we might want to infuse more light or love into a particular realm or activate greater states of connection. And we think, okay, well, if I come into the physical world and I'm in a human body, that gives me access to the physical dimension. And when we're in the physical dimension, we have the ability to make requests for the energy in the other realms to change, to move into greater states of coherence, connection, and love. It's almost like standing in front of the mic. And so the majority of people that come into the world actually forget consciously that what they're doing here in this world is an opportunity to make requests for the other for the energy in the other realms to change. And so they do it unconsciously, unintentionally. Um, they might engage in physical dimensional projects as a way of shifting the energy in the higher realms. It usually doesn't happen as efficiently because you're not conscious of it. And so if we invite our soul essence, the rider in the body to think about what was it that I wanted to shift when I was on the other side, and then we start using our position in the physical dimension to make those requests for the energy to shift into greater states of coherence on the other side, then when we get back to the real world after this experience on planet Earth in the physical dimension, we've made the shifts and changes that we were truly intending on. And then our life feels more worth living, more fulfilling, more um, joyful, more supported, more empowered. And so if we just spent, you know, literally two minutes a week inviting our higher selves to connect with the beings in the higher realms to activate greater states of coherence, love, light, vibrations, we're not doing it. We're simply making the request. Then the energy starts to shift in those higher realms and we get positively impacted. Wow. Yeah. So we get to use our position in the physical dimension a little differently than what we might have been thinking that it was for. Mm. It's also to help our souls attain very particular vibrations in our divine line. So it's almost like you're coming to earth and treat it like a gym. What is the vibration you as a soul really want to deeply embody? So that when you get over to the other side, you're like, yeah, use that life to cultivate greater clarity or greater self-love for the light that flows within me. Then we really start to feel much more um, fulfilled and really fulfilling our own inner purpose. And then modeling that in the world, which goes into service. Right. And that's kind of what you talk about in the Sith 
sixth cup about, you know, finding our inner gifts yes. and wisdom. Yeah. And a lot of my clients and subscribers will, will ask, you know, well, what is my gift? Mm-hmm. And when we think about the quality that you value or a positive adjective that someone would use to describe you. And then you bring your awareness internally. You close your eyes, you take your awareness off the physical world, and you imagine this river of light flowing inside you and that there's actually a current or a stream of that quality flowing in your core, in your divine line. And then you recognize that that's a soul gift. And then you give yourself permission to not want that for anyone else but you. Get selfish, be too. Then you can model it in the world. Your energy fields become incredibly powerful, coherent. Right, because as soon as you say you want this for someone else, then you no longer have the power and it's that energy has been given away. Exactly. Yeah, you drop your energy fields of coherence from 100% to zero the moment you want it for another. And that's, that is the heresy part. Because if I were to say, well, I want, I want you to be happy. Well, what if you don't want happiness? What if you want peace? And so then I'm taking my happy nuggets and putting them on you. And now I don't hold my happy nuggets on myself modeling that. And so when we say, well, I only want for my own happiness, I'll model that in the world. And if there are other people that want happiness, then they can see what I'm doing and do it for themselves in their own unique way. And so it's, it's the journey of starting to just want for ourselves, value our own gifts instead of projecting that on others and then wanting other people to value what we value. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, (laughs) as children, you know, we're always so concerned about, well, no, as young children, we're never concerned about what other people think we kind of learned that that's kind of a learned behavior due to discipline and everything else. But, um, you know, we're mostly so concerned with, you know, whether other people like us or whether we're good enough, or, you know, most of our insecurities and issues are really related to what others think of us instead of what we think of ourselves. Right. It's, it's fascinating because it's, it's, you know, it allows us to have a completely different shift. And, you know, if we could just give that burden up about what other people think and just really focus on what it is that we're thinking and what yes. it is that we're desiring. And that, that links into the responsibility piece. Right. And so as children, what will happen is we will see other people seeking approval externally and then we'll think, oh, well, we're supposed to do that too. If my dad or my mom like what I'm doing right now, we're seeking external validation. And then with that, we're giving responsibility for external validation to others, which immediately disempowers us and puts us in the victim seat immediately. And so the journey of stepping out of the victim is to invite the energy self, not your mind, your body's energy self, your team to retrieve all that responsibility for validation that you gave to others. 
And then you, at the level of your higher self and in your divine line, hold full responsibility for validating yourself, loving yourself, respecting yourself, approving of yourself, embracing yourself, accepting yourself. No one else's job. Fire everybody. Not their job. So sorry I ever gave that to you. And then we start meeting that need deep in our core. Then we move into deeper levels of personal responsibility, empowerment, self-confidence, self-worth. And the core piece with the seventh cup is to correlate, connect our self-worth directly with the light that flows in our divine line. Not our behaviors, belief systems, consciousness, um, accomplishments, dreams, goals, what other people think of it, think of us. Just with the light of like, can you love that beautiful light that flows within you? And can you connect your self-worth directly there? Then the self-worth is going to bloom. Then the self-love is going to bloom. Then life gets so much easier. And also understanding the role of the body deva that a lot of the things that we focus on aren't part of our journey it's part of the body deva's journey or our body's been doing what we've been doing Mm. and so when we start to hold more self-love then once we get it as the rider then we can help the body but if we don't have it we can't get get the body to do to do it You can get your team to do it because it's easier actually for them to shift their energy as they encircle you. And then they create a strong, empathic, positive field for you and your body to shift. So you could say, team, encircle me and hold vibrations of self-love and connect your self-worth directly with the light that flows within you. Model that to us. You could even have ascended masters, archangels, holding that vibration inside themselves, modeling that to you and your body. Then you, the soul rider, get it going on in your own inner river of light. And then once you've got it, then you can hold the space and say, body, Davey, you can do this or not. It's not my responsibility. It's yours. I'm just (laughs) going to model it to you. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. Eventually you will because I'm going to positively empathically impact you because you are surrounding me. And I'm just going to keep holding this energy in my divine line. So the more the body feels responsible for meeting that need inside itself, because it's not getting it from you or other body devas or other souls or the teams or the guides, the more it will do it for itself. Right. And it's a, a lot, process. Yeah. And it's, the, there's lots of layers. Right. But there's a lot of responsibility that the body has that we feel is ours. Yeah. We disempower the body all the time. Right. Um, and on some level, my favorite thing to say is it is not your job to love your body. That is your body's job. It's your job to love yourself and model that to your body and invite your body to be totally responsible for loving itself, controlling itself, supporting itself, protecting itself as you do the same in your divine line, same for your team. Yeah, that feels good. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, this has been a really great conversation. I almost don't want it to end and I want to do like like a series of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if people um, explore the book, I'm actually yes. uh, just now editing the audiobook that will hopefully be available for Christmas oh, nice. of this year. Um, but people can definitely check out the book, you know, The Seven Cups of Consciousness. And, and I do also do audio meditations um they're called the daily cups of consciousness that speak to 
um, these seven concepts. And so in all of my meditations and my, I do the tall cups of consciousness, energy balancing sessions as well online. Um, I speak about these seven concepts and they are interwoven in all of the work. And so it's really, um, a gentle process that can be supportive. And I sort of think of it as like, you know, PhD soul intuitive energy work where, um, you're really employing your higher self to make the changes in the higher realms, which then positively impact you here in this realm. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, how can people reach you? People can get a free week of the daily cups of consciousness and a sample tall cups of consciousness session by going to cupsofconsciousness.com. People can also check out um, all of my material. I have sound healing albums. I think I have like five albums um, available on Amazon, Sounds True, aleadao.com. People can go to A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com to check out the material and my blog and lots of resources that can help support you in your growth, evolution, and awakening. Well, this has been really, truly wonderful. I'm so glad that I would, I guess that uh, we were connected and uh, for Jean for partially doing that. And uh, it's been really lovely. I've enjoyed this a lot. Oh, it's been an honor to be on your show. And thank you so much. <laughs> well, you have been listening to News for the Heart with Alea Dow. And we've been getting to the heart of what matters. And we'll be back next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 